This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. And glad to have you along. We have some events coming up I want to invite you to. April 24th, and we're having a From Porn to Grace conference in Porterville, California. That'll be held at the Porterville Adventist Church from 3 to 6 p.m. And uh, topics I'll be covering include how porn and, porn and adultery affect those who engage in it, what the recovery and the healing process looks like with an emphasis on the heart, because the heart is always the key. The heart, what's going on in your heart, um, drives the life. And so I focus a lot on the heart, and when we're working with people in my books and everything we do. <clears throat> and then uh, we talk about. I'll be talking about wives and dealing with your triggers and uh, your self-esteem issues and what your road to healing looks like. And so I always try and incorporate the wife's journey into what we do because the wife and the husband's uh, healing are integrated. And so the way you really tell if a guy is changed isn't from if he's got 90 days of abstinence, but what happens when he comes home and how he treats his wife. And, you know, if he treats you with kindness and compassion, that that's that's the real test. And, you know, when she asks him questions such as, hey, when's the last time you looked at pornography or how are you doing with lust? And if he answers those questions with kindness and patience, you know, that's evidence that he's becoming less about him and, and more about other people and more about, a, more about her. And that's part of that. The big thing about this recovery process is that porn makes a man or a woman, because both indulge in this, makes them self-absorbed. So that's a good way to gauge their healing is how focused on they are they on other people or is it all about is life still only about them? And then a part of what we do also is throughout this process you will learn how to help others. And so we we'll be equipping church and ministry leaders and others how how to help others under their care and So that's April 24th uh Central California. If you want to help us set up a conference, please uh, shoot an email. The contact information is at the end of the broadcast. And then we have a WISE retreat coming up in May, May 20th in Beulah, Colorado. It's Thursday through Sunday, Thursday evening through Sunday morning. So it's three nights. Uh, the fee includes meals and lodging, and it's in a Christian retreat. And it's in a beautiful setting set in the mountains around 5,000, 6,000 feet elevation. And 
the women who have come to these before have loved it. It's a time away for you to rest, set aside your burdens, and to be around a community with other women who are in the place where you are and who can relate with what you're going through. And and um, the uh, the first night, everybody, all the ladies share their stories. And just doing that is a healing um, time for those who come. And, and some of the women from those retreats have said that this is the first time they've ever shared their story like that, their whole story like that with another person because when they've tried to do it before, the other side didn't even receive it well or didn't want to deal with it. So uh, we make these retreats a safe place where you can come and then I talk about what the healing process looks like and and triggers and your relationship with the Lord and how all that's impacted. And uh, Laura Graber came on the show several weeks back and she talked about how she, when she was on the way to uh, our wise retreat, that she was actually having a crisis of faith, and that really in, that does impact the women because, you know, if you've been married to a guy for ten, twenty, thirty years, and all of a sudden, bam, he comes out, and uh, the discovery is made that um, the man you've loved for all your life has been engaged in pornography. That can be very traumatic and, and can really rock your world and your relationship with the Lord. And some women do have a crisis of faith because it, they get mad at God. Lord, why did you give me this this man? I didn't sign up for a marriage uh, with a guy who's a sex addict or a porn addict and all the pain and trauma that's going on with that. My whole life's a fraud. And Lord, how could you let this happen to me? And so this is a safe place, these wiser trees where retreats where ladies you can work all that out and when Laura went home she was in a totally different place with the Lord and and in the afternoons uh, Friday and Saturday you have the whole afternoon to yourself after lunch from around 1 o'clock to 5.30 at dinner to seek God, to rest with him to nap uh, on one lady at a retreat I think she said she napped for more than two hours. I mean, some of you coming to these things will just be plain all exhausted because this road and this path you're on and healing, they don't realize how emotionally draining it is. And then once you stop and you're a place of peace and you feel how tired you really are, um, you know, take take a big long nap. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we encourage that because this is – we don't ever want to make these retreats about some talking head going on for 10 or 12 hours and then everybody goes home and they're just as tired, if not more, than when they came. And that's not what this is about. This is about healing your heart. And part of healing comes from rest, not having um, somebody go on and on and on and on and on and miss your heart. This is about your heart, your journey. And about you. So human beings need rest. They need time to recuperate, reset their relationship with the Lord, and we also need community. And so that's one of the blessings of these retreats is having a group or a community that forms from with other women and the ladies who've gone to these have kept up the connections with the women who have come and 
Um, they keep in touch with each other, and they keep in touch with us, and some of them come to our groups, and um, some keep coming back for counseling. And so we form long-term bonds with them, which is really a blessing. And But also, uh, some of them go home, and they say, hey, we need to start a conference, or they'll get something going because they know in their area, because they know that... Uh, this is there's a desperate need there, and there are a lot of women, and there are a lot of men who are suffering with this stuff. So, when people have their relationship with the Lord re- regenerated, and they see there's hope, and they see their answers, they've been equipped. Uh, we find they go back and they want to make an impact. They want to they want to make a difference. And um, so, ladies, I want to encourage you to come. And so, third week of May, Thursday through Sunday. Sandy, who suggested those dates, she runs our women's ministry. She will be there. And uh, she pointed out that could be a Mother's Day gift. I guess you could call it a late Mother's Day gift for, for some of the women. And and then um, we have our Wednesday prayer meetings by Zoom that I want to encourage you to come to. Every Wednesday, 9, 8, 9 a.m. Central Time, U.S. Central Time. And we need prayer. We need the body of Christ to be a house of prayer. We All of us need to be on our knees these days. I mean, the, the environment we're in is a mess. And the enemy has taken significant ground, and he's taken more ground every day. And where we're most powerful is on our knees. And, and, I, and I love church, and I love the pulpit, but, you know, I'm convinced that if every single church started transforming their Sunday morning services into prayer meetings, we would rock this place. But we're too stuck in our, our liturgy and the way we've always done church. But So going back to that, for those of you who are hungry for prayer and want to be a part of a prayer team or a prayer group, then join us Wednesday mornings. And again, you can get more information at the website. So today... I want to talk about grace, specifically how do you receive grace? How do we get it from our head to our heart? It's one thing to study the Word and listen to a sermon on grace and the love of God, but it's quite a different thing to get it to your heart. And once it gets from the head to the heart, that's when it totally revolutionizes the life. Because when you have the fruit of the Spirit, God's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, when you're filled with the Spirit of power, love, and sound mind, that's when the Christian life becomes this incredible adventure. And as we know from working with, with people Receiving grace and receiving love, especially the love of God, is very difficult because if you've grown up and you've had, let's just say, a, you came from a messed up family who never told you that they loved you or there were no hugs or affection or they didn't build you up, and then you become a Christian and you hear all these words about the love of God, uh, receiving love from somebody you cannot see becomes Hard because if you bought into this lie all your life that, well, I'm a worm, I'm a piece of garbage, 
how do, how do you go about getting that into your heart, into your soul? And So that's what I'm going to touch on today. And First, I'm going to define grace. What is grace? Well, the whole Christian life is grace. Salvation, and grace is undeserved favor. So salvation is grace. For by grace you are saved through faith, not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. The love of God is grace. Filling of the Holy Spirit is grace. Forgiveness of sins is grace. All the blessings that we enjoy from a fellow, having fellowship with the Lord, that's grace. It all goes into the blanket of grace. And so living, learning to live in grace, to walk in it, is, is a big important part of the Christian life, and it's an important part of your healing men and wives in the, in the journey that you're walking into. And so I want to start with getting into what are the things that block grace, the things that block the flow of grace into the heart. And right off the bat, uh, sexual sin, pornography, adultery, or sexting, or watching movies you shouldn't be watching. Uh, these are all blocks to grace because what you're really, if you're intentionally going after these things, uh, what it really comes down to is if you really made the choice of which one do you want. You have to choose if you want the love of God or if you want porn. I'm not saying there won't be a struggle with the flesh and with the enemy uh, and there's a struggle with the bondage and rewiring the brain. There's all of that. So I'm not discounting that in the least. There will be a fight and there will be a battle. But some guys, what they do is they play around and they don't really want to change and they don't want to let it go. They just kind of want a silver bullet or they want to read a book. And they don't want to go to a group. So if they go to a group, they'll go one time, maybe every four months, and and they never get better. And, and those guys tragically are at risk. Those are the guys who lose their marriages, lose their families. And um, we see a lot of healing and growth and change at the ministry, but also see plenty of tragedy uh, where where men just play games with it. They say, I, I, don't, I don't want to give it up. And I'll tell them, you know, you cannot live in isolation for the rest of your life. You have to be connected with other, another brother for the rest of your life. And then I'll get the blank look. And, oh, I don't need that. I, I can do this on my own strength. And I'll look at him, you know, 40, 50, 60-year-old guy. And I'm like, really? <laughs> How's that work for you so far? And so it comes down to you really have to choose. Which one do you want? Do you want freedom? Do you want the love of God or do you want porn? You can't have them both. And this isn't just pornography. This is any sin. So if you're holding on to bitterness, bitterness does not stay static. It grows and it compounds with interest. So if there's somebody that uh, you've gone from resentment to bitterness uh, the next thing after bitterness is to take your heart to a, turn into a rock. That's a dangerous place. You're not. That's going to be like trying to sprinkle the love of God or the beauty of grace onto a concrete block. That's not going to work. So if if you're you're embroiled in bitterness and you refuse to let it go and you refuse to forgive or accept the other person who's injured you, that can be a big time block of grace. Pride is a big-time block of grace. 
And in church circles, some of that can be pride in ministry. Hey, God, look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm helping other people and seeing changed lives. And we may not think this cognitively, but we've internalized it. That look, look, God, this is look at what I'm doing here, and and look at the wonderful things that are happening in ministry, and look at this big church building we got, and these big numbers of people, and look how magnificent all this is. And we're not much better than Nebuchadnezzar, who said, uh, "I've built all this this kingdom and this empire right before God struck him and turned him into a raving nut job animal man." Pride over ministry is a big problem in our churches, and I've struggled with that too in years past, and God broke me of it hard. Um, <laughs> being disciplined by the Lord is not fun, and he talk, talks about it in Hebrews, oh, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and scourges his son he loves, and we talk about the God of love, but have you ever pictured Jesus with a cat of nine tails embedded with glass and metal scourging your back and ripping flesh? I've been in that position. It is not fun. And when he disciplines, um, that can be deeply painful, but it's always in the end, as he says, he does it for our healing, for our growth, uh, to move us into holiness, into a closer relationship with him. And then there's legalism. Um, Legalism is a cousin to pride. And legalism is me giving you my list of the the things I think you should do to be approved by God and to be approved by me in essence. And and I don't do that. I'm just, I'm just saying it that way. But there's plenty of legalism uh, going around and in other ministries too. So I've seen a ministry to people who help people with porn addiction right off the bat. They say that you have to give up everything that's electronic. So TV, phone, computers, Anything that's electronic, you have to just totally wipe out of your life. But that's not what God's Word says. In Matthew 5, it says, if something causes you to stumble, cut it off. He doesn't say cut off every limb on your body. So if it's not cutting you off, it's not causing you to stumble, then then don't sweat it. But the legalists will say, they will draw that noose really tight and say you have to give up all these things, and and then somehow that's going to mortify your flesh. Which good luck with that. And you you read off, they read off your list to you of all these things you got to do, and um, and then you become you start becoming a Pharisee because now you're taking pride that you're keeping that list. Um, and that that's what happens is you get a rock hard heart. Rock hard hearts can't receive grace, can't receive love. And then isolation. Isolation, uh, not being connected to another brother or sister once a week. Um, When I'm talking about connected, I don't mean um, saying, hey, bro, let's talk about sports teams or, you know, Susie talking with Betty about crafts or kids. I'm talking about talking from a gut heart level about your failures and your successes and where you really are in your marriage and sharing things you're shameful of that you might have done or sins you've committed. And that's what I'm talking to about being connected. And James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may heal. So 
We all need Jesus with skin on. And that's where the shame comes off when we're confessing our sins and we're talking to our brothers and we're open to our sisters and and so that's how that's when that's a conduit for grace when we're living in community and connected with others. So and then lies, lies in the heart is a big block to grace. And and this is something we work with people a lot who are helping and this takes a process of tying off time often and getting to know the other person and um, asking the right questions, but really it comes down to finding out what's really in your heart. What do you really believe? Do you really believe that God loves you as you are? Do you really believe that no matter what sin you commit, that it's going to be wiped out at the cross? Do you believe that all the sins you've committed are forgiven, especially those you've you've confessed 50 or 100 times? What do you really believe? And so the lies that are embedded in the heart can be a big grace blocker. And so if I, if I believe that I have to something I have to do to earn God's love, or if I have to, if I believe that um, doing is or ministry is supposed to be the most important part of the Christian life, which we know that what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, mind, and soul. It's not do for the Lord your God with everything you got in your flesh. So these lies are blocks of grace because if I'm off on the deep end or if I believe I'm a worm um, and God says to you and he comes to you and says, I love you, it's going to be very difficult to receive that. So how to receive, how do we receive grace? How do we receive the love of God and and James 5.16, as I just mentioned, is a big piece of that. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another they may be healed. So meeting with another brother or sister every week is a big part of receiving grace. Opening up with your wounds. Humility. True humility is not having confidence in the self or the flesh. And it's not doing works uh, to look good or to build something. True humil- humility is realizing that I am broken and I am fatally flawed. And God, I need you every day. Remember the story in the Gospels where Jesus told of two men praying. One is a guy saying, God, merciful, be merciful to me, the sinner. And the other one was one of the Pharisees saying, God, thank you, I'm not like this, like this other this other guy. And I tithe and I do all this stuff. I go to church once a week. And, and um, so that's arrogance. And the guy who said, be merciful to me, I'm a sinner, he's the one that received grace. And I want to give you a picture. So on Christmas morning when you're at the Christmas tree and somebody gives you a gift, what do you do? Do you say, I'm not worthy enough to take that? No. What we do is we take the gift in the hand and we receive it. And we say, thank you. So the way we receive forgiveness, the way we receive grace is we go to God and we say, thank you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you that you love me. And we do not focus on our feelings. So on Christmas morning, if you feel rotten, do you really go to the person who uh, is giving you that gift and say, I really feel rotten. I don't feel worthy of this. Do you do that? No, you take the gift. And 
Don't focus on your feelings or the shame or how you feel. The truth stands no matter how you feel. And if you wait till you feel better to receive grace, um, you're just going to put it off and you're going to keep yourself from joy and love. So just saying thank you to the Lord. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Thank you, God, that all I have to do is confess the sin. God, I looked at that woman. I confess it. Thank you for forgiving me. It's done. So this can go a long way toward taking you toward being somebody who receives grace and lives grace, lives in grace, and lives in the love of God. And, of course, seeking the Lord with all your heart, that's always a big and important part of this. So thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next week. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.